it was one of those things I was, I mean, not to sound kind of like bougie, but uh, <laughs> I was sitting in Athens, George, uh, Athens, Greece. And I'm thinking, how the hell did I get here? Oh my you know? goodness. And I mean, the company was great. Welcome back to another episode of Just Doing Life with your favorite host, me, moi, Megan. Hey everybody, I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. The sun is out, the birds are chirping, you are just taking it all in. I know I'm staring outside of my room and it is cloudy and I'm just manifesting a beautiful sunny morning for you all. Anyways, let's get down to business, guys. I have... A great episode for you all today. It's um, a gentleman that I met or I connected through TikTok. One of his posts went viral and I reached out and he was so fantastic. Um, was very willing and eager to hop on an episode with me. Just a quick little intro for him. He um, was working in the corporate world in the fast food industry for over 20 years, um, I think it was almost 30 years, at the point when he decided to quit it all and open his own CrossFit gym. And I think it's just, this episode is just fantastic because it makes you realize, you know, it's never too late to find something new, go after a new passion. So I'm super excited to get you guys going with this episode. Um, Before I send you off, I do want to apologize because there were some random audio, like, like, you know, one of those. Um, that was actually horrible. It's not at all what it sounds like. It, it's like a, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not even going to try to do it. But anyways, there are a couple audio issues. Um, believe it or not, I have no awkward anecdotes for the week. I know. Should I just insert a cheering here? Because usually something terribly awful has happened that makes me want to consider relocating to a new city. But believe it or not, guys, I'm doing better. (laughs) Nothing crazy has happened. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoy this episode and stick around at the end for some more conversation with me. All right, here you go. (laughs) I would love you to just give a nice little uh, intro to yourself. Hey, everybody, I have Jeff here with me today. So if you want to just give um, any sort of background information, you might want the audience to know where you're from, hobbies, um, anything of that nature. So born and raised, um, my name is Jeff Swally, uh, born and raised in uh, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And uh, I'm now living in San Diego, but kind of how I got here, I went to uh, school at Penn State. Okay. And I have a bachelor's degree in microbiology and a master's degree in food science. Okay. Came from a middle class. Click? <laughs> yeah. Came from a middle class family. I mean, I paid my way through school. Um, through both bachelor and my graduate degree and graduated with a, a microbiology degree, not realizing that I don't know what I'm going to do with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I ask what was the interest in microbio? Well, well, actually I started out in animal bioscience because I wanted okay. to be a veterinarian and uh, I soon realized that was going to take a lot of time and a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was always fascinated with science all through like junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of fell into the microbiology thing. Uh, but when I graduated and started going on interviews, it's like, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Were you looking that. at mostly like research, I would assume? Yeah. I, a lot of like processing plants, like 
Okay. Uh, because they're of the food safety. Okay. Uh, and then luckily I had taken a, a, a food microbiology class my senior year. And the professor reached out and said, hey, I have an assistantship. If you're interested, it will basically pay your way to come back and get your master's degree in food science. Okay. And I said, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, so did that and uh, started looking for jobs with the food science degree. And in one week, I had an offer from Hershey Foods because they were right, like right in our backyard. Uh-huh. And they did a lot of research uh, with Penn State and Domino's Pizza. And I told my professor who I worked with, I, I'm taking the Domino's job. And she could not believe it. She goes, what are you doing? It's, okay. they, they sell pizza. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, but it was in Michigan. It was uh, a reason to kind of get out of Pennsylvania. And at the time, Domino's, I mean, this is back in like the, the late 80s. Mm -hmm. uh, they were like a cool company thing. And it felt like going, going to work for Disney world height of like excess, mm -hmm. you know, back in the eighties. Uh, so I ended up going there and worked for them for 20 years. That's uh, incredible. <laughs> so you, incredible. so you liked it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the great thing was that it felt like every two or three years, my job was changing. Okay. So it was always what did, like, what, can I ask, what did you start off with? What was the original role that you I started out for? called uh, the position was in sensory evaluation. In a nutshell, it's basically taste testing. Okay. You know, Are you like kidding? Wait, so like, I'm just like thinking them like shoveling food into your mouth the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell people it was like the Coke Pepsi challenge type of a thing, you know, yeah. back in the day. Uh -huh. But this, they needed someone to come in and run their, it was called the sensory department. And they used it to help develop you know, pizza sauce and pizzas. And, and it was part of like their QA R and D program. Uh, but I only held the position for about a year. And then I started moving around in the company. And I mean, believe it or not, I eventually I ended up in their international division and for eight years traveled the world working for Domino's developing like pizza cheese and pizza sauce in like Australia and Korea. Greece. Oh my goodness. It, it was one of those things I was, I mean, not to sound kind of like bougie, but uh, <laughs> I was sitting in Athens, Georgia, uh, Athens, Greece. And I'm thinking, how the hell did I get here? Oh, my and goodness. And I mean, the company was great. Uh, and if there's anything that I regret, it was not realizing how good I had it at the time. Okay. But when you're kind of in it, and, you, and you've been doing, working at the same company for 20 years. And granted, like I said, I was, I was moving around and moving up and getting a lot of experience, but you know, 20 years is a long time. Mm -hmm. And it's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It was getting cold. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, was in Fort Lauderdale on a weekend vacation and knew that Burger King corporate was down in Miami. Applied there. And I'll, I'll tell you this really, I didn't necessarily leave Domino's on my own. Um, the CEO of Burger King was on the board of directors at Domino's. Okay. And the are you are you allowed to do that? Burger I didn't even know that King. was allowed. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, at certain levels, they bring in people from other kind of like uh, 
And at the time, Domino's and Burger King were overseen by Bain Capital. So there was some, some commonality. Okay. Equity firm kind of involved with both companies. Okay. But the hiring manager at Burger King assumed I'd already left Domino's. So he picked up the phone. Oh, no. Called someone at Domino's and said, hey, I got one of your guys down here interviewing. And Domino's went ballistic. They're like, what? I got called into the president's office and said, what are you doing? It's like, I can't have like my senior people like leaving and interviewing. And, and in a nutshell, within like three weeks, I was like, oh. Oh my God. I didn't even have an interview with them. I had a phone interview. But they were like, if you're not loyal, you're, you're I got nothing. No severance, no nothing. 20 oh years. Oh my God. That's unbelievable. So, At that point, when you were applying with Burger King, were you seriously applying, like really thinking, if I get this position, uh, I will leave? Or was it just kind of, you know, we'll see what's out there? Boring, you know, oh, so people, that's even worse. Oh, God. Yeah, the job I ended up getting was a step down. I mean, I, I salary cut and oh, in a my different God. area. And so I ended up going to Burger King, and uh, they eventually were bought out by another equity group. And it, it, it was the polar opposite of the Domino's culture to the Burger King culture. And Burger King became so toxic because they were bought out by a firm that in one day they went, they laid off half of their staff. So oh my like, goodness. like 600 people in one day down to 300 people. They just oh, wiped wow. everything. And uh, everyone sort of had like a shelf life. Uh, I ended up staying about two years after that and knew it was coming mm -hmm. eventually because they were kind of phasing the old people out and bringing, you know, this is corporate. Right. And, you know, a, an equity firm comes in, they're going to wipe things clean. They bring in their own people. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a playbook they use. So I was looking for another job already. And the week after I got my resignation or severance, I ended up getting an offer at Jack in the Box out here in San Diego. Okay. So I made the move from Miami then out here to San Diego and work for Jack in the Box for six years. Okay. Are these all, sorry to interrupt you, but are these all similar positions that you were working? Pretty much. It was all okay. within the marketing department, all within R&D and culinary. So okay. all the brands in one form or another, always leading the team to develop their new menu items. Okay. Were you like, enjoying that or uh, like yeah. culture aside and, you know, some of that Texas city aside, were you actually enjoying the job that you were doing? When it came to the, the creativity mm -hmm. and the innovation, I loved it. Okay. It was the idea of taking like this, all these ideas and, and filtering it through different ways and means based on consumer evaluation and feedback mm -hmm. and then taking that concept of an idea of a product and then developing it and getting it into like 5,000 restaurants. Yeah. So yeah. that part I, I loved. Yeah. Um, Sounds very different than the microbiology and research <laughs> that you were doing originally. <laughs> and you, you asked you know, a little bit about my background. I mean, growing up, I, I think everyone should work in a fast food restaurant at least once in their life. And I ended up, I, I worked in Burger King, Pizza Hut and KFC to kind of pay my way through college and that type of thing. And it's hard work. I mean, mm -hmm. the people that work in fast food, especially now with what's been happening these last two years, 
it's brutal. I mean, you're on your feet constantly. Oh yeah. Um, and all three brands are franchise model, meaning, you know, they're franchisee, they pay a royalty, they pay marketing and they follow mm -hmm. standards. And you're really working for three bosses. When you work for a franchise model, you're working for your immediate boss. Mm -hmm. You're working for wall street because they want to see the numbers grow. Mm -hmm. And you're working for the franchisee who actually owns the restaurant and keeping all three of those people happy or entities is very, very stressful and challenging. Yeah. So, um, I eventually kind of like had enough. I, I tell people, I finally realized that I needed to get out of corporate when I would walk in to my office every day and think to myself one more day closer to retirement. And that would literally go through my head every day I would step in the building. Yeah. And it, I, I couldn't do it for 10 more years. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I always talk about the work for the weekend and that's just like a longer version of the work for the weekend mindset. Because you know, all along you're, at least I was at my age, you're kind of like, I would say trained, but led to believe that this is the corporate path you take. You know, you go to college, you work hard, you start at kind of like entry level, you work your way up that corporate ladder and then you're successful. Mm -hmm. And I realized that the higher you go, the closer you are to that door out, out, out. Mm -hmm. because if you're not performing constantly, that you'll be replaced. And it was this constant, uh, it was very stressful. Yeah. And I learned also that culture isn't always what it seems to be when it comes to corporate. Um, one of the examples I use is uh, I had an employee who was my best employee, but he would come in about an hour late and leave an hour early because he had child care. Mm -hmm. And because of where he lived and where it was, he needed, I mean, and I didn't have a problem with it because he was always getting his work done, mm -hmm. but he wasn't at his desk at eight o'clock and he wasn't staying till five o'clock. So they basically wanted me to put him on a performance plan. And I just refused. He was my like star employee. They're like, yeah. this guy's like killing it. And they're like, doesn't matter. You know? I never, I, I don't understand that at all. I think, I mean, based on my experiences, I've only been in the corporate world for seven months at this point, but I feel very grateful for the experience that I've had with my company. Cause I think that they do embrace that work-life balance and it's really driven by the employee of just get your work done. If you're performing, you're performing. We don't care, you know, when you're in, when you're out, but I have heard horror stories like that at like some of these big four consulting firms where it's, you got to put in your hours, you have to follow the rules. We don't care what your performance looks like, but you need to set these standards. I mean, obviously with the pandemic, things are changing. And it's ironic that after that happened a year later, everyone was working from home. Anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Um, but anyway, that, having that thought in my mind led me to then find something else that was going to make me happy. And that's kind of where I ended up. Yeah. I'd love to hear this transition now, this exciting transition. So people ask, was like, you know, uh, that TikTok I posted, mm -hmm. I had no idea it was going to do that well. And I got a lot of response from it. And a lot of people reached out and it's like, well, like, how did you do go from that to this? And, you know, I, I, luckily I was going to a CrossFit gym here in San Diego that I'd been a member of. 
for several years and I, I got to know the, the owner quite well. And I just kind of like put it out there to him saying, hey, if there's ever an opportunity for me to be more of a, an investment partner or even a, a business partner, I'm kind of like putting that out there. Mm-hmm. And about a year or two went by and we were, he was getting ready to move into a larger location. And he was looking for some capital and a partner to come in because he was a founder and the sole owner. Um, okay. And when I came in, I came in and became uh, a business partner with him and, and eventually bought, bought the company. Awesome. And, and this happened while you were still working at um, the discussion Jack's? happened, but me leaving the company happened and then I bought. Okay. I'd love to hear what was going through your mind at that point when you decided to finally leave and pursue the CrossFit. I mean, I think it, it gets to that. I just wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I felt like my soul was being like piece by piece. <laughs> oh, God. Being uh, I'm sorry. It's not funny, but like. <laughs> just wasn't any joy in it. I, I'm, yeah. And if you know anything about CrossFit, um, it's about community. Mm-hmm. And we always say that coming into the gym and doing that workout, we want it to be the best hour of your day. Uh, and that's what I felt like. When I, every time I would walk in the gym, my whole attitude would change. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety would, would go away. I was with friends. It was just a completely different experience. And I just, it's like, how can I make this every day. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that, that's kind of what was going through my mind was I'd gotten to a place in the corporate ladder where I thought I was supposed to be. And I just wasn't, I didn't feel like I really had a purpose. I mean, mm-hmm. the more I got involved in CrossFit, the more it was harder to eat the food that I was developing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I loved a little phrase that you you messaged me about, like you got people unhealthy unhealthy to just uh, focus on getting them healthy again. <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, the, uh, uh, and, and you know, people people say that um, you stay at a job for the people. A lot of times, it's like the people I work with, but at the end of the day, they're they're work friends. I mean, you might be lucky and hold on to one or two people when you move into that next position or that next company, but really they're, they're kind of your work friends. And I was looking for a little bit more community than I was getting at some of the corporate jobs I was having. Totally. Did you, were you scared to step away from that um, more consistent income? And as you said before, like higher income at that point, definitely missed the money. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I've always been a saver. Uh, mm-hmm. So financially, I knew I, I, I was was something I could do. But the thing that I wasn't expecting was uh, the loss of identity or the ego, because okay. I think people become so attached to their title, as, especially as they're moving up in a, in a company. And I was a vice president, mm-hmm. and it was hard for me through my ego to be like, "Oh, now I own a gym." It's like. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of hard to explain. Maybe I'm proud of what I do, but I think some, some people get so caught up in that chase of the title, you know, director, president. Yeah. 
And and even the the the, the TikTok I posted, I would say 90% of the comments were like, you know, way to go. That's my dream. Mm-hmm. But other people would say like, like big deal, you retired. Yeah. Like, running a business is like easy. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm working more hours now than I did at my corporate job because, you know, we have 5 a.m. classes mm-hmm. um, and I've got employees that, you know, need to be paid and rent that needs to be paid. And um, there's always a, a turnover. We gain members, we lose members, uh, social media, accounting, insurance, mm-hmm. coach development. So, I mean, I don't necessarily call it retirement because right. it's a different type of work but I don't feel like it's work anymore. Something you actually enjoy. Yeah. Did you, did you feel like uh, any of that, like loss of identity or any of within any of that, there was maybe a sense of like, what are people on the outside going to think of me? Um, Cause I think that that's something that I've heard come up in conversations with other people is, you know, you step away from that dream job or you step away from that that thing that you were striving for that you just realized wasn't really your passion anymore. And then all of a sudden it's okay. What are other people going to think about me? You know, I shouted it from the rooftops that this was who I am. This is what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden that's not my goal anymore. Yeah. I mean, even like something as like basic as LinkedIn, Yeah, you know, you see this like progression of, you know, associate and project manager and director, and then senior director and vice president. And all of a sudden it's like, it stops. And now it's like, yeah, I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, it, it definitely kind of, you start rethinking things like what's really important. Because mm-hmm. when you meet someone new, usually the first question they ask you is, oh, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and th- there's this kind of like underlying comparison of like sometimes of people's jobs and roles and salary level. Um, so yeah, it was definitely of something I wasn't expecting. Yeah, absolutely. Now that you're, you've been in it, how long ago is this? How long have you opened? So I've, owned, I've owned the gym now three years. Okay. Awesome. So you're well into it yeah. at this point, having experienced all of this and, and seeing your new day to day, is there any regret that you didn't make that step away from the corporate life sooner? Or are you, are you happy with how long you stayed in that corporate life? Um, if there's anything that like needed to happen in order for you to make this leap? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I would say I regret the decisions like that I made it too late or too early because I've always like, I use that example of like, how did I get here in Athens mm-hmm. example? And I, I've always felt like every decision I make, whether it's, a success or a failure is leading me to the path that I'm supposed to be on because I wouldn't be the person I am today if I hadn't gone through all those things. And maybe I, if, if I didn't leave Domino's when I did, maybe I wouldn't be owning a gym now. So I think everything kind of happens for a reason. The only thing I'd say I would regret maybe not related to the gym was when I said earlier, not really realizing how good of a culture and company I had at Domino's for all those 20 years mm-hmm. and thinking that that's what it was like everywhere else. You know, that, yeah. they, you know, there was a, a certain culture at Domino's that now that I have a, a comparison, like three different brands like Burger King and Jack to compare it to, I, w- I was really fortunate to 
have been able to learn so much at that brand and carry that with me because mm-hmm. I learned a lot. Before I let you go, do you have any last remarks that you'd like to leave the listener with? Any like words of wisdom or pieces of advice you have to anyone who might be struggling to figure out what it is that they want to do or not feeling satisfied with what it is that they've chosen for now? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the, the piece of advice I would give is that even though it may not seem possible right now, if you start planning and really reaching out and networking, you know, people had said like, how did you do it? Because how did you go from this job to that? I think you need to start small. So like if someone was trying to open a gym, I want, this gym has been in business for eight years, start small and work your way up to it. Network, mm-hmm. get someone to mentor you, reach out and just ask those questions and start planning now. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I, I do think that the power of working with people who have done it is huge and people are a lot more willing to share their their stories. And I mean, obviously, as you are, but just sharing their advice um, than people take or realize. So thank you so much for this uh, chat. I really, really enjoyed it. I'm happy that, like I said before, that you were so willing to to work with me because I can't tell you how many people I've reached out to where they're like all gung-ho and then all of a sudden stop responding. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I really, really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Thanks, Megan. Yeah. Wonderful chatting with you. Okay. Alrighty, folks. So as I prefaced at the beginning of this episode, it was fantastic, right? I loved chatting with Jeff here because I think a lot of the episodes that I've had, um, I mean, this one is completely different because a lot of the episodes that I've had in the past have either been a little bit more linear paths where they do stick it, stick with that one career for a little while, or there's just a ton of hopping around. And I think Jeff has a, a great balance of both. He's in the same general industry throughout most of his career. And then at the very end is when he decides to jump ship and try something new. And I do really love it because as I preach all the time, you can't predict what your life is going to look like in 10 years, not even five years. And it's funny because I've I had a professional development conversation with uh, my company at work, and I guess we just do these checkpoints throughout the quarters, and they always ask, what are your long-term goals? And I know that it's like a classic, you're supposed to tell your employer, and you're supposed to say that you want to be there for forever, whatever, I don't know. But it's so frustrating to me because how the hell am I supposed to know what my life is supposed to look like in 10 years? I can tell you very vaguely, I know what I want, but... I think it's a little naive to think that I can have these goals of what my life's going to look like in 10 years because all it takes is one interaction that completely changes your life forever, right? And I mean, it's great to have goals and I'm not saying that you shouldn't have goals. And I and I do still think it's important for companies to want to help you pursue those goals. However, for me, my goals are so vague and like, I, I'm striving for something bigger than me. I don't know what, exactly what it is yet. And here, you know, Jeff was in his career for 25 plus years. And I'm sure he kept striving, like he said, to the next level, to the next level, to the higher position. And he finally got there and it was like, all right, this is one, isn't what I expected. And then all it took was that conversation with one of his CrossFit um, pals. 
<laughs> I didn't know what the right word was for that teammates. All it took was was a conversation of, you know, hey, would you be interested in maybe some partnership? And and look at where his life is now. He seems extremely happy. I'm still following him on TikTok and he's always posting some fantastic videos of how much he loves what he does. And I just think it's important to remember that you can absolutely have long-term goals, but it's never too late to change your mind about something and try something new. It's okay if your life doesn't look at all what you expected it to look like 10 years prior, because as long as you're happy and you're doing what you love, I think it doesn't matter, you know? Um, I also want to bring up how he talked about that aspect of being attached to your title. And I think that's something that is really important to mention here, because we've heard it across many episodes in the past of that aspect of pride, you know, of walking away from something you've been working for. I know I felt it when I decided that I wanted to put my whole med school stuff on hold. And it is tough. It's not something that you want to say, you know, because it almost feels like you're giving up. But I don't think that's at all what it really is. What what it is, is that your goals and aspirations have just changed. It's not, it doesn't mean that you're not capable. It doesn't mean, like, for in Jeff's instance, it didn't mean that he wasn't capable of getting to that president or vice president position. It's very clear that he was. But by stepping away, he was able to go for something that excited him, that made him happier. And it's totally tough. You know, you want everyone around you to be like, oh, that's the cool person who's getting this done. Or, I mean, he brought up even the aspect of like, when you first meet somebody, what the first thing they ask is, what do you do? But I really do think that we were all guilty of it. Myself included. I, when I'm mingling, you know, as a single gal looking to (laughs) mingle with some lads, I'm not going to lie, I place a little bit of judgment towards what their position is. You know, if I see a manager or director, I'm like, oh shit, versus like analyst or associate. I'm like, oh, you're just like a bum like me, right? Which, unfortunately, that's never going to change. I'm not going to lie. Like, people are never going to hold back those those ju- those quick judgments or um, not place you kind of into those categories. I mean, we can all try, but not everyone around you is going to ever not look at that. And so I think the point here is that you just, you can't care. You, it doesn't matter. I mean, that's got to be tough for, for Jeff going from that high corporate position and then saying I'm a gym owner. But look at, I mean, he's had to kick ass to get to where he is. So it has to, that like excitement and gratification and approval has to come from in you internally because you're never going to get it from the external people around you. And then one final thing that I want to mention here. At one point, Jeff had said, I might botch this, but he said he knew he was over the corporate world when he realized every day that he was waking up counting down the days till retirement. And I think that's huge because as somebody who's 23 and I've got a whole heck of a lot of days left until retirement, that scares me. I would not want, like, if if I was in that position now, oh boy, I would be so scared. And I jokingly say, like, oh, I'm ready for retirement. I'd lose my mind if I was retired. I'd get too bored too easily. But I think at that point when you are in a job, and you might not be anywhere close to retirement, but when you're in a job where you're consistently waiting until 5 o'clock, consistently waiting until Friday at 6 p.m., consistently or even dreading Sunday night at 5 p.m., you know, waking up for that Monday morning meeting. That's when you have to reevaluate, is this right for you? Because 
Life is too damn precious to be constantly counting down the days till it's over. Like, that's, isn't that crazy to think that if you're in a job that you're not in, interested in, that you are wasting so many hours of your day waiting for it to be over? You're, you're trying to expedite your life, your process, until you die. <laughs> that's craziness. And if you think about it that way, that is absolute craziness. Life is so precious, and there are so many people out there who wish they had more days to enjoy. So if you're spending so many hours of the day waiting for the next the next hour to be over, I think you need to reevaluate. And I don't mean to say that it's easy. And I hope that that's clear from this is that it's not easy to just walk away from a job or find something new that you love. But I just think that we all need to be a little bit more courageous and be ready for those challenges and strive for the next that next position even if it's hard to get, even if it's scary. What scares me more is being stuck in a cycle of endlessly wishing it was over. And I've had those I've had those moments when I was in my previous job, I was so I was so sad a lot, like all the time. I'd wake up, I hated it. I was counting down the hours until I could get away from my lab bench. And it's just cuz it wasn't right for me. So, if you feel like that setting you all my love because that's a horrible feeling and I understand, but maybe do some reflection. Maybe go have a conversation with a CrossFit owner and maybe they'll want you to invest in their gym. Maybe. Maybe talk to Jeff. I don't know. But you should do some reflection. Try to figure it out because that makes me sad for you. And if you're not sad for yourself, then... (laughs) Oh boy, you got some other problems. Anyways, okay. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And as always... Check that subscribe button. Send this to a friend. Go follow What Now Megan. Uh, send this to your grandma. Send this to your cousin. I don't know. Send this along. I think we spread some good message. I say we. Me. I'm the old, I'm I'm the first. I am the face of just doing life. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. Toodles. You. I hate that I just said toodles. Never mind. I need to stick with my classic. Grab the bull by the horns and seize the day. All right. Just do life, people. Bye.